Shut up and sit down. What's up and welcome to the Performance Tree Podcast, where we connect the dots in strength and conditioning. Our goal is to educate, evaluate, and explore all aspects of holistic athletic development. What's up and welcome to episode three of the Performance Street Podcast. Today we're tackling stuff like discouragement in the field, perspective on different topics, organization of training, daily considerations for organization of training, and the intent behind a holistic program, athletes having said intent. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, well, what are we doing? Well, welcome back. Yeah, so jump jump right in. Uh, you know, no no ads yet, so we can go, go straight ahead. No sponsors yet, you know. Um, so sort of what, what led to the topics of discouragement perspective was a quote I heard early, earlier this week. And I'm going to give the quote and then a variation I just thought of earlier today. Um, what you know determines what you see. And then another variation off of that, of which I thought of earlier, um, how you feel determines what you see. Because um, I think both of those go hand in hand. Um, what you know and then how you feel um, determining what you see and just so we're, we're gonna go into that um, and how that leads to discouragement um, in work in life um, and then also how that gives you certain perspective in your work and in your life yeah I think sometimes people who are very driven to do certain things oftentimes put a lot of pressure on themselves to accomplish said things and in turn, that can be a bad thing, ultimately. Uh, a lot of times, basically everything in life is trial and error until you haven't figured it out. No, like No matter how much information you have on the back end or how good of a mentor you have on the front end pushing you in the right direction, you can't do the exact same thing as somebody else and get the exact same mm-hmm. results. So there's periods of time where certain things kind of might seem like, I don't know, like you're just going through the motions or yeah. things aren't exactly panning out how you predicted or aspired them to go. So, I mean, I myself have been in this place multiple times, just like in a period of time where time kind of passes and not a whole lot is being accomplished. And all I'm doing on the back end is trying my best to try and create a positive perspective for myself going forward that everybody has peaks and everybody has valleys. And as we continue to tread on, those things will rise again. That's kind of just been on my heart big time. Yeah. Well, so, I I think this, you know, relates to a lot of, you know, in in strength and conditioning for our listeners. I think a a lot of it is factored around um, your eagerness and um, your ability to learn and consume knowledge and to continue to learn and consume knowledge. So... You know, when, when you when you know something and you have all these thoughts in the back of your mind and you're like, oh, this, this is what I want to do, this isn't what I want to do, you know, that, that ultimately, I think, you know, you see that day-to-day in your work, in your life, and be like, shit, I should, we, this could be going so much better, this could be going so much worse, you know, and you just, you, even then seeing other people um, or how they're doing things, um, whether you like it or dislike it, you know, it, it comes back and I think affects our um, 
personal development. Personal development, and either like you know, it's like a a fear of not achieving what you think you could be achieving, and then also um, a feeling of like discouragement, you know, Um, because you know or you've seen that there's a better way to accomplish said goals. Yeah. And then in terms of perspective, um, I I think this quote directly relates to our perspective in in terms of what what each coach, what each athlete, um, well, I'll speak mainly for coaches, but what what you know and what you what you like, uh, and what what your tendencies are to to program to program first, uh, and, and all of that sort, because ultimately that's what you're gonna pay attention attention to while while you're coaching while you're programming, and you know I'm sort of guilty of this still. Um, with, in, you know, in, in terms of programming for a team, usually the first thing I think of is, you know, like the, the barbell movements and that stuff. And, and like, honestly, like, I, I hate hate that. Nah, maybe hate's a strong word, but dis, dislike that now because, like, I that's not necessarily where all the value is. Yeah, you know, that, sure. that's just one one piece of the puzzle. Um, but, you know, that's like, be like, oh, like, let me program this first. Which is why, why like, I sort of wish I had some other. Well, I have had some other mentors that weren't like that. Um, but yeah, that's where my roots started, you know. So that's that's what I know the most, you know. And I think that that's just not me. That's other people too. Like yeah. if, if that's how your roots are, that's what that's what you're gonna think, and that's what you're gonna see first, you know. I mean, I'm similar. We both came from powerlifting yep. backgrounds. So the the thing that drives the most output, the thing you put the most intent towards, is the thing that you favor heavily. Yeah, exactly. In the time being, we yeah. do know. I mean, it's not like on accident that we do that. Like that's going to yeah. give them the most neural fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like we, that is a big piece of the puzzle, regardless if you'd like to admit that it is or not. There's just all the little things that you know we're still learning about, things that we're getting better at putting together, and uh, that really kind of does play into our next little topic here. Yeah of pushing into how we would organize a mac- or microcycle, sorry. Daily, daily programming, microcycle is that individual session, how exactly you would lay it out. And I don't think there's a uniform way to do this at all. I don't think I've ever seen a uniform way to do any of it. No. I've seen all sorts of things. You said you were reading some things about putting what you want, the intent to be on the field or sports field near the end. Yeah. That it sticks with them further. You want to talk about that? Yeah, so... With that, um, one one of the things that I learned um, from one of my mentors uh, in in the lift is to almost have them feel feeling bouncy or springy um, going into practice. So one of the examples of this, you know, with with women's basketball, the the last thing we, we do in a lift, all right, if, if if that's the goal, you know, they have practice right after. Maybe they don't have a warm up. Don't finish with such a with such a slow movement. You know, don't finish with your your GHRs or your split squat ISO holds or your Bulgarian split squats or you know, don't finish with something slow. You know, maybe you finish with some band assisted pogos. Um, maybe you finish with some sort of pliers. You know, going into into practice because um, that's that's ultimately you know 
sort of what, not necessarily what you're getting them ready for, but you want them feeling good in practice. Yeah, in you layman's know? terms, I would call that priming them for movement. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, now is that, is that the right way to, to structure it? I don't know. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's, you know, a million different ways to to get them to get them ready and not just for practice but to to structure the session so i think there's a couple main um points or main things that you should you know consider in in structuring your sessions um those being you know the movements that are movements or exercises that are going to be done explosively um you know, super quick. So like your your plyos, your sprints, stuff like that. Um, then, you know, the main the main emphasis for the day. You know, um, sort of where you are in the week too. It's a big factor. Um, what else? What else am I missing? I think to just give some background on why you might do that is if you're gonna start the move, you're gonna start the session oh, yeah. with your explosive, fast. Mm-hmm. The things that you want them to do while they're the most fresh. Yes. And the reason you do that is because they're the most fresh to do those movements. They, yeah. they require the most effort, yeah. output, intent, yeah. whatever kind of word you want to put yeah. in front of that. Like those things oftentimes, if not always, yeah. come first in a session because they do them the yeah. best. Yeah. Because they are the most ready to do them. Yeah. So if you're if think, thinking about this, um, there's, I think it's either Derek Hanser and Charlie Francis has a great um, graph of this that, you know, you're... Your sprints, your intense plyos, your um, exercises, like their, your movements like that are going to be much more demanding on your CNS than your bicep curls or your your bench press. Yeah. Right? I think that's pretty common sense, too. When you yeah. just like, I mean, if you were to yeah. sprint versus do a 70% yes. plus bench press, one, yes. it's going to be quite a lot faster than yeah. the latter. Yeah. Um, so uh, understanding that, that you need to get those done do those really well and then as with as high as outputs as possible so that's why you do them first Um, so considerations would be you know speed of the movement um, intensity of the movement um, probably joint joints of the movement Um, so how many you know everyone says oh you use three 3d 3d movements or three-dimensional movements Um, you know, try uh, triple extension movements, you know. Um, so those are the ones, you know, you're typically going to do first in a, in a session uh, and then work your way down into the assistance and accessories, supplemental exercises. Charlie Francis is a really good chart on things that stimulate the nervous system higher too. Yeah. Which I I'll, I use in my programming just about every time I write programming. Yeah. Just to, like, because you can think that even for like an upper body movement like even a med ball chest pass mm-hmm. is going to come close to a maximal sprint yeah. or maximal jump now yeah. so you can get away with those things when you're trying to structure things higher or lower nervous yeah. activity in that regard too yeah. so i think that's good to know like you know evidence-based practice is like all the rage obviously because mm-hmm. you know that's the stuff that works yeah we know that but if you can get a precise idea of exactly where everything falls on the spectrum then i think you can be more effective in laying that out properly for yourself yeah yeah, so like on daily considerations, right? Pre-practice, post-practice, you know, what do they have to do? Um, what are they going into? What are they coming from? Uh, that, you know, that's that's hard to necessarily like program out long-term, 
Um, maybe, maybe, you know, be adjustable on the fly and changing things on the fly and not being afraid of changing those things just because it may look chaotic or whatever, um, but change, changing things on the fly. Um, That's why I think it's really nice when coaches do have that all laid out. Yes. Like the soccer coach here has everything laid out a month plus in advance. Yeah. And it's very, very easy to look at what their session might be if they're going to do like an 11 versus 11 scrimmage. You know, that's going to be a high intent day. Everybody's going to be moving around a lot. Then based on position, you can kind of cut it back down and say, okay, we can prep for this in the weight room. Mm-hmm. And that's the intent of the day. Yeah. Especially because their sessions are right before they, they play. So yeah. Yeah. it makes life a lot easier on that end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so considerations for the daily lift in general, like we said, start with speed, joint, all sorts of things like that. Just work down the continuum. First movement be your fastest, most explosive movement. And then usually that secondary movement or primary movement, whichever you refer it to based on load, will be like your big multi-joint strength movement of the day per se, if that's the phase you're in. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at it as like a potentiated movement. Like if you're gonna run some kind of contrast block, it would be that heavy strength movement paired with your jumps or your loaded to unloaded assisted jump. Or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, there's there's literally a million ways that you can you know do it and change it. And there's no there's no one right way. Um, what we're trying to give you guys is the the general overview and the general things that you should be considering. Um, right. So then also, shit. Well, I wanted to you know stay daily, but I was about to go macro for a second there. You can go macro. Screw it. It's our podcast. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, well, so then, you know, time of the year, um, right? What, what sort of block are you in, right? So now we're, now we're zooming out outside of that daily session. And, you know, what are you focused on, right? You more focus on strength, you more focus on, on power, hypertrophy, like general endurance, you know, what, what types of things are you, are you focused on? Are you running a, a block program, right? Are you, are you running um, more of a vertically integrated program, right? Um, more of a conjugate style program, right? So, not just on a daily now, but now zooming out more of a, a big picture. And th- this is where like I like to have an end goal in mind. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even for like, just to give like a rough example, like if you're a baseball pitcher and you're running, say, like a conjugate template and you threw four days a week, that was your throwing schedule for the week. So, if you have your highest intensity bullpen on a Monday, then you can match that with your highest intensity lifting on the back end if you're training that day. So we'll go max effort lower. Say that's like your highest intent movement pattern period of the week. You have a max trap bar deadlift, a set of three or something like that. If we can decide that that's your highest fatigue and that's the most throwing volume intensity you're gonna do for the week, then you can pair those sessions. Same thing with like a basketball player who's playing pickup. Yeah. So like if you have a pickup session scheduled for a particular day, you can back up and say, hey, they're coming in the weight room after this pickup session. They're already pretty fatigued. We're in the same time window. We can go ahead and get that highest fatiguing workout in in that period of time. Like, I don't think it's rocket science to say that if you have a lot of nervous fatigue coming that day anyway, you might as well go ahead and get the lifting done with it yeah. and then move on. Maybe they get a day off the next day, and then you can say, hey, like, we have another kind of high practice here now after a day off. Like, oh, let's go upper body, highest intensity right there. And then there are two lower practices of the week, so you can match things like that. And that's where it takes 
a holistic approach in like the purest definition of it because the coach has to lay out what they're going to do so that us on the back end can program out what's going to happen. It's easier if you're training for a goal. Like if you're going to run a marathon, it's like same kind of thing. Like on your highest running day, maybe you do your highest, hardest training lift in the weight room on that or your highest speed lift or whatever you want to do and just try to match those sessions as they go along. Yeah. That's where I think there is so much benefit of pushing the athletes harder, but then also having those days to recover. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, we're going to move towards intent, and not so much intent of a specific movement, but as Connor broke it down, sometimes you come into a session and you place higher intent on a movement that might be more important to you or you view as more important or somebody tells you is more important. For example, a lot of the track athletes I've had in the past hear that Olympic lifting is the, the way to go. Mm-hmm. We don't Olympic lift here. It's something that just doesn't happen on the floor. So those kids put high intent into those movements that they would be doing Olympic lifting to the point where they'd almost want to do it outside of session. So when you put an Olympic lifting movement in their program in front of them, those are the movements that they're going to take the most seriously. They're going to load the heaviest. They're going to work the hardest at. And then as they go down the program, A, they might already be smoked from the one movement that they may have overshot, but on the back end, they don't take anything else as seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a trick. It's a tricky balance of getting athletes to do the entire lift with intent and the entire session with intent. Right, because you'll get you know some some athletes who you know you have a speed day they only they only think good maxing out is what works right you know um, so there again you know they overshoot um, and then they they just fly through their assistance exercises and stuff like that yeah. or they don't view the assistance exercises where you know as serious as you said and now don't load them properly. And now they're doing 15-pound single-leg RDLs, yeah. right? So then it's it, now, now, you, now it's you now it's just a waste of energy, right? Because you're, you're not getting any any adaptation from that. You know, no, you, right. I, I most athletes I know are not getting any adaptation from like something like that, that that light on movement like that, right? So getting them right and finding a balance of and and this is where. I think I did too early. What I did too early is putting too much stuff in because now they can't focus on one thing or the other, right? So like keeping keeping your exercise selection small, keeping just the, the number of exercises you're doing in one day lower, right? So they can just focus on like those six or seven exercises. Right. S- seven probably being at the, the high end. Yeah, which is plenty. Yes. Especially um, if you're training four days a week like you are. Yes. So, right, like keeping keeping that small, so you can focus on your big lifts. Um, I think is is probably one of the things that most coaches get over, or especially strength coaches, yeah, overdo. And it's funny too, because right, so we're just coming back from basketball. Um, right, we just finished our first first week with everyone back. I th- I think this week on what Friday. We might have done five drills the entire hour, you know. Yeah. And and you know they like that's that's almost normal, you know, five drills. But then, yeah, on our side of things, we're like shit, more, 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 more. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stones to be turned over, in our opinion. 
like a lot of things that you could be training. Yeah. Especially in the vertical integration realm where you have to have everything in all the time. Yep. It's just learning how to integrate those things into a program that's more compact, more concise, and not yeah. You know. And it, and it's all for the benefit of the athlete. Right. Right. Because you know. Um, you can have, you know, that, that quote, you can have two different programs, but if they're run at different schools by different coaches, you're going to get two different results, even if they're, the I think, the same exact program. It's not too different. Right. Right, the same exact program. Same exact program written down, done at two different schools, done by two different coaches. Right, exercises are the same, sets and reps are the same, right, but you're going to get two different results just based on how it's implemented. Um, right, so I think it's, implementing it in a way that maximizes the athlete's ability to capitalize on what they're doing. I agree with that. I think there's a big big difference in the definition of intent and intensity, even though, you know, it's basically the same word. Yeah. Uh, like, your intent has to be laid out on the front end by the coach, obviously. Like, if we're going to use the example of a single-leg RDL, like, if your intent behind the movement is... I want you to load this heavy and I want you to focus, even if it may be eight, 10 reps on a leg or whatever, that those eight reps look as pretty as they possibly can. Yeah. Or that you want them to try and push themselves and if they can't hold form on the last two reps, that's okay. We want them to be as perfect as they can, but we want them to load the movement. I think there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about on that as yeah. far as like creating a tent through external cues and you know, targets, stuff like that. Like something I like to use personally if we're doing a med ball throw is I'll notice if I do like a scoop toss where I want them to throw vertically. I stole this from Zach Dakin. And just giving them a physical target to hit will automatically increase their intent. And with the guys, mostly, most of the time, you get a competition out of it. Yeah. So then you get yeah. the intent that you want. If I want a maximal med ball throw and I'd say, hey, try to hit the ceiling in this room, then yeah. the kids are going to hit the ceiling. Or even if they can't hit it. They're going to try, try to, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then they're going to get frustrated when they don't most yeah. of the time, which is okay with me. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, I will say, probably one of our struggles here are getting is getting athletes to take all the med ball throws and stuff like that super seriously because we don't Olympic lift, right? They're like, yeah. oh, it's not a barbell. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's maybe, you know, get, getting them with those external cues, but then also explaining them what this is what the what purpose this is serving yeah and i think olympic lifts are great and all that like to each their own yeah but when that's not a tool in your toolbox it is very hard on the back end to see how a green 10 pound ball might act yeah. in the same way yeah. as you see the videos of college football players cleaning 315 and stuff like that and everybody losing their mind yeah you know like like trying to create that same environment that same effort intensity behind the oh, throw at a ceiling. Right now, we'll, we're going to go on a different talk. Did you see the video of that uh, Wisconsin, the four hundred five football player? Yeah. yeah. Well, did you, see, did you see all the comments? How people were like, like I, like, what the fuck is wrong with your team? Like, why aren't they, they like yelling around you, like hype around you? No, I didn't see that. Well, I, I fucking loved that video, and I, I thought it so funny that like all, like even a bunch of strength coaches were like, oh, I would have been losing my mind. Like, I, I love that, like, no one was, like, hyping them up. I do, too. Like, it's like, dude, that's just a day's worth of, like, that's just a day's worth of work. Yeah. Like, you don't you don't see Olympic lifters, you know, like, they're, you know, they're pretty quiet, and they just focus on that, that rep. Yeah, that's a country club sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fuck. Um, 
but like you just had like there was a couple yells and just like everyone clapped and it's like back to work yeah I don't know this is this is different this is different talk but like I love that mindset and like that's how it was like with at Union and like train oh, yeah. train tra- tra- train for powerlifting yeah like like during that set you know like you know if you need it if you're that type of person that needs intensity and stuff like that yes absolutely but like you're like you you did what you were supposed to yes, do yes exactly yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's like you knew what you were getting yeah. into. There's, there's no surprises with that. Like, yes. if, in my opinion, if he had 405 pounds on the bar, it should have been in everybody's mind in the room that that is what he's supposed to have on the bar. That's what he's cleaning. Yeah, he, today. he worked up to that anyway. Yeah, yeah, that is what he was supposed to clean for the day. Yes, impressive or not, you know, we can talk about that on the back end. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to discredit the lift. By no, that's no, 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 no. That's yeah. a, I mean, that's a that's a darn good lift. Phenomenal lift. Yeah. Yes. I think he's like 18 in set or something. Yeah. Like wow. holy fuck. But but yes, I just I just thought I'd throw that out there. Like I I love that and like honestly I hope that becomes something in some of my programs. And I think it's also hard for me at sometimes because I'll I'll be loud. Um, but it's like yeah, I don't think you you don't you don't always need to be you know the the team huddled around them blowing your whistle. No. And I think there's a fine line now that we're just on this topic. Let's roll with it. Yeah. Uh, I had a conversation, a long conversation with one of my softball girls yesterday just about how dead they can be at certain periods of time and how alive they can be at certain periods of time and, like, what's the right balance for that. We were kind of talking. She was saying, like, the guys' sports, like the football team, they're always high energy. When people got weight on the bar, they're all freaking out. Yeah. And then girls, sometimes it's just like, oh, well, we kind of have to be in the weight room, like whatever. Like when we did tempo runs last semester, there'd be periods of time where the rest was 30 seconds, and it felt like an hour to me. I'm standing. Just... Everybody is like, man, I would rather do anything than run in a straight line right now. <laughs> so I mean, part of that might be on me. I could find more creative ways nah, to do things, it. but like. I'd be at a point where I'd just start like clapping until, and I would not stop until everybody else was clapping with me because I was absolutely so sick of just standing there listening to these girls. Like, I heard one girl we talked about the broad brush. It just, yeah. like, oh yeah, come on guys. It's yeah, just like, like sh- okay, no, like you're dying too. Yeah. Like I want some genuine like, come on, let's go. This many more yes. reps. Yeah. So like yeah. now I'm in the back of my mind trying to plan that out for the next semester. Yes. Like how am I gonna get? That, that, that beautiful middle ground where we're not just like losing it for no reason but we're not just well, there that's that's what it is for me it's it's like the, it's the genuine aspect of it yeah like how, that, how do you create that, that that's what it is for me right so the, the one oh, that's a great question let's hang on well I'll, I'll give this example then we'll try to go to that right so like the one lifter at Union oh I just had it oh says the like same exact thing for every single person like he's He's a like super high energy guy, right? But no matter who's lifting, it's whether it's like your fucking second warm up, last warm up, or like one of your main sets. I mean, it's just like up, up, hips, up. No, no, just it's up. just up. Nice. Up. That's 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 all I could find every single video. It's just always up. Nice. That every single time. But like that was him. Yeah. So like like at first I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. But like, but like that, 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 that's just him. Um, so it, it's being aware, you know, there's, you know, like some guys there, you know, well, I, th- I think a lot of it is communicating to you, to your teammates. 
how you like to approach the bar, how you like to lift, how you like to train. Yeah. Right? One of my basketball girls, we were finishing her conditioning this weekend, literally, like, before she's about to finish her rep, right, the, um, you know, the girl in front of her, everyone's, like, clapping, like, cheering her on, like, let's go, let's go, and go. She's like, don't do that for me. So it's, it's like, I, I think that's a big part of it, having your teammates know, having your coach know um, what you respond to. You know, what do you, how, how do you respond, you know? So this girl doesn't respond well to that, you know, clapping, rah, rah, everyone around her, like trying, trying, to, trying to help her. She, she, she doesn't want that, right? right? But everyone's going to keep doing it unless they know that. So yeah. I, I think that's a big piece of it because I don't, I don't think players have those conversations. No, I don't think coaches see no, that way either. No, A lot of the coaches that I know haven't been in our weight room since they got done playing whatever sport no. they've been playing. So I think a lot of it is like they see their culture – I'm like, I mean, everybody just watches these videos of college football programs, if I'm being honest. That's what everybody thinks about. Like, yep. In my mind, as like as a strength coach, I feel like everybody no, yes. outside of strength conditioning is like, oh, yeah, like Alabama football is the first thing that goes to their mind yeah. or whatever. But, like, that's not – that really isn't everybody or anybody no, at all. No. Like, like, if my women's tennis team did that, I'd be, like, worried. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, there, there would definitely be something wrong. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like that. Maybe I'll put, like, something like that into like a future questionnaire or something like that you know what words of affirmation or, or what what motivates you how do you yeah. want to be motivated stuff like that putting that into a questionnaire that's something i really like that our head football strength coach does here actually it's nice to hear everybody and it's funny like the backgrounds you see like more often than not it's like i don't like being complimented i like mm-hmm. a coach who's super hard on me yeah and stuff like that but like I go back and forth on the subject because as an 18-year-old coming into a program like that, sometimes you can say that straight up. Like, I don't want you to compliment you. I want you to be super tough on me. But it's our job, too, on the back end coaching-wise. It's like I can clearly see that something's wrong. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to be the guy who's going to get in your grill because you said you liked that at yeah. one instance of time. Yeah. Like, I think there is a blend. No matter who you no, are. No, I agree. Even if you're the high-intensity guy who wants to get yelled at. Yeah. Like, if you had something happen that day, you might yes. not. You, that yes. could be your, your tipping point. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, you're a guy that likes high-intensity, but you're, you know, your girlfriend broke up with you, and then the coach all of a sudden is in your face yelling at you because he thinks you like this, yeah. and you just lose your mind. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. There's a, there's a lot of... We're like social workers almost more than we are coaches sometimes. No, there's things like that. There's there's a language of a, a language of love, for lack of a better word, with the with coaching, getting the response you need. There's a, there's kids on the football team right now that I coach that say that they want that hard nose, yeah. like yell in the atmosphere. Yeah. That I've gotten more out of by just saying like, hey, I'm never gonna get mad at you. I just want you to do this this way, mm-hmm. and they'll say like, oh, okay, he respects me. Mm-hmm. So there there are people who say that maybe because their peers say it or whatever. It's hard to get a genuine answer or to even know. A lot of these kids, a lot of 18-year-olds that come into college mm-hmm. haven't even lifted. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's the other thing, too. I don't think they're as probably as self-aware of some of these things that, we, that we're talking about. Like, they, don't, they, they might not know the other end, right? So, like, if we're going on a football example, you know, they probably came in from a, a high school football coach who ran their weight room and just fucking yelled at them for an hour straight probably. Yeah. Odds are that's what they're used to. Yeah. So they're like, no, this this is what I like. Yeah. 
this got me to play D1 football. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, because I, like, I'll use myself as an example. Like, I, I like lifting alone. I like training alone um, for the most part. But there are also, like, some days, sometimes, you know, where, where you just need other people around you. 100%. To, to push you to that next level. Yeah. That, I mean, that that's the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, I believe you can accomplish a lot of things in your own training by training alone. Like, I don't think yeah. it's really that deep. Like, I've heard people say, like, if you don't have a training partner, you're not going to get anywhere. But, you know, there's... I think anything is possible. It just takes the right head to get well, there. Well, yeah. So, well, I think that's the right. If you're a person, right? I think for me and you, you know, being strength coaches and invested and care about this stuff, yeah, we can probably be all right almost without training partners, sure. right? But for other people, and you know, here's another topic. I love it. Um, that you know, for some of these kid kids and these athletes, I mean, I I do think that they need good training partners. 100. percent I say that all the time. I like. I really think they do, and like, if that's you know maybe something I start talking with with my with our basketball team is you know you know just be the best training partner for your teammates. I've had I had this conversation with myself on the same regard. Like we talked last time about the the organization of training in regards to like grouping athletes, right? Yep, yep. So like foundations. Long-term athletic development. So I found a vital flaw in that system to myself the other day, just out of curiosity. I guess I mean not really because you could have them do different things and still be together. But I, I think that's where you're going. Yeah. So like I have a few kids on the football team who are younger guys that kind of like are all over the place, it's like bouncing off the walls kind of guys. Can't focus for very very long at all. Like, don't want to do six sets of something. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just like, yeah. why are we doing this? I just want to max out kind of kids. Yeah. So that kid, I think, could truly benefit by just being in the same rack as a senior who's done this for four years, that is dominating everything, yeah, okay. that is very, like, nose to the grindstone, that doesn't put up with BS, like, is with that kid every day, has a better relationship with that kid than I ever dreamed of having. Yeah, yeah. And that can just say to him, like, hey – focus like this is what we're doing right yeah. now like this is why we're doing it like, like look at me the, I'm, the guidance, I'm strong now the yeah. guidance sort of thing yeah even like a lead by example kind of thing like a kid who's always just like ready to go follows the program does the right things day in right. day out that is okay see I do I do like that you know like getting getting your your seniors and your older athletes to rub off yeah. I mean, we did it. Like, yeah. that's what you did that at Union. Is, that is true. That's yeah. very true. You're training with people who have been through. Yes. There are people that you uh, can legitimately trust. That's very true. Because that's all, I mean, that's why, you know, why I started wanting to lift there and stuff like that. It's like, because I wanted to be around people who I could learn from and were stronger than me. Yeah. And I, sometimes mm. if you're shoved into a developmental program, yeah. you might not get that. I think there's times where it's like, okay, cool. You got two, two people who work pretty hard and they're your foundation program for the year. Then they might be all right. Like that might not be an issue at all. Yeah. But there are definitely personalities out there who can very much benefit from having an older leader kind of mm-hmm. in their face, helping them go through what they need to go through. See, that this that is a great point. I thought about that yesterday, like big time. I had a, I had a kid who I wish I could just like put him with a kid who's a senior. Yeah. That that is a great point. Huh. It's the only flaw I can find for yeah. that system. Yeah. But honestly, like, it's, I don't want to say a pretty big one, but it's a large one. 
I mean, I mean that case is more common than it is uncommon, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And I, like, I want that, and I, I'm just thinking like, you could absolutely manipulate the variables to give yourself yeah. the different results. Yes. But if you're running three, four programs the, on the floor, you're not going to be able. Yeah, to Yeah, the, the programs have to be more similar than different, right? You can't run two systems, so like, you couldn't have a one by twenty and then like a conjugate. Right. Like that would never work. No. Because you would do your one set and you'd be like, ah, sorry, I have to go over here to do my our RDLs or rows or something like that while this person's like, oh, well, I have to work up to my heavy triple. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, but if the programs tend to be more similar than they are different, then you could totally get away with yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hmm. See, that's, that's good to think about. That's good to... That is a flaw, though. I truly think that's the only flaw there is to a system like that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan, now that we're going back to it, that long-term athletic development is very proper. Like, you want people to build the biggest possible base they, they can. And, and, and yeah, with, with that, I mean, I think it just comes down to those type of athletes. You know, like you said, not everyone's going to need that type of person. Yeah. And you might have, you know, those, those couple grouped up who they're going to train really hard together. Um, you know, in that same, in that same, uh, same level. But even then, you run into the the other difficult point if you end up doing that. Like, say you got like a problem, a, not a problem person, but a person who's like they would do way better if they were training with an upperclassman. Yeah. Then say you have a group of four of them, and then one of them goes and trains with the upperclassman. Yeah. Now you got the three of them down there. Like, did I do something wrong? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you add like a whole other dynamic to the entire room. Now, granted, do I think girls would care about that as much? Probably not. I don't know. Like, ultimately, at the end of the day, in women's basketball, do you put the ball in the hoop? Exactly. Football, is the ball yeah. going in the end zone? Are right. you getting tackles? Yeah. Are they scoring? Like, in baseball, softball, it's like, am I getting on base? Am I contributing to a team win? Like, there's – I mean, that's ultimately – we are just trying to do the absolute best we can to make sure that everybody has the best possible outcome that they could have dreamed at the end of the day. And there's a huge physical proponent to that. But I think that's that's sometimes that gets lost in our field. Like at the very end of the day, you are putting people in the best possible position you can think of to the best of your ability to give them the best outcomes they could have ever dreamed of. If being bigger, faster, stronger is going to make you a better athlete, like that is our only goal that is the only driving factor behind what I I do what I do like I would never put anybody in a situation that I felt wasn't going to make them the best possible athlete they could be and I think part of laying out that intent could make that system work as such I think unless you're genuine about thinking that then you have no prayer of doing that yeah I think that's a wrap on episode three yeah I think that's a great place to end off we got another good one coming it sounds like too huh I I like this one I think that'll be a a good episode four. All right. I love you all. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for episode four of the podcast.